0: Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. I'm really excited to be here today. I always am, I always say that I know, but it's not that I'm not excited, I really am excited for every show. And I'm excited to have you here today. Now, in the main segment, in just a couple minutes, we're gonna be talking about lighting for video. Part two. So if you haven't already checked out the last uh, main segment episode, which was episode um, 32 or 33, two episodes ago, then you'll want to check that out before listening to this one. That's where we start talking about lighting for video. We talk about color temperature and color quality and get some of the kind of technical stuff that you've got to get out of the way and you've got to get sorted out to make great lighting for video. And now in this episode, we're going to take that a step deeper. Now, I want to show you guys, I want to talk about a few quick things of lighting news here today. So my friends at Elation Lighting and Obsidian Control Systems, their new console brand, have some brand new stuff out. Um This was uh, at a show called Plaza, which is in Europe and uh, is a big trade show over there. And uh, they put out a new NX2 console and an NX Wing. Now... Those of you who are familiar, obviously, this brand came over from Martin, got bought by Elation, and now is undergoing um, some renovation and uh, some refreshing. And so, these two consoles look a lot like the old Martin stuff, but they are a little bit different. And here's what's different. They've gone ahead, and while they're offering them for around the same price as the consoles have been before, for example, the NX2 was called the M2Go HD, um, it now is much more powerful. Um, it's got, it's got um, also a really fast processor. It's got a really fast SSD hard drive, and it's got a lot of RAM. So this is a console that, if you go out and you're looking for something like this, it's got ten faders. It's kind of a mid-range lighting console. If you're looking for something like that, I'd give this one a good look, just because they've really upgraded a lot, but they're not upgrading the cost. So this is something that they've built for longevity, um, and I'm really excited about that. It's going to be last a long time. Next, the uh, NX Wing is a refreshed version of the M2 Go console, and um, it's got the same layout and components, um, which means they've uh, updated some of that stuff. But it is a PC-based wing. The other cool thing that I saw from Elation at this trade show was this new LED design. They call their their Twinkle LEDs or Twinkle LED. I'm gonna to link to a video um, from Facebook that that shows them showing off this fixture because I think it's kind of interesting and I like to share with you guys anytime there's kind of a new you know cool thing that can really help you think creatively and and make cool stuff with lighting. And so what these these twinkleds are is this for example they have this new Razer 760 fixture that's got these twinkleds in them, and the cool thing is that these guys take you know it's it's a regular wash fixture like a part of that moves but then it's got these little LEDs that shoot across the lens um you know coming from the other direction in white and so it's kind of just a nice warm white little twinkle that you see as the fixture moves and it's it's really subtle but it looks really cool, too. And I think especially if you have a lot of these, um, each individual little LEDs independently controllable, I think you could really create some interesting stuff. So, you know, even if it's like a lot of times with these new products, you know, I don't want to be in lighting news, just a press release reader. You know, there's plenty of sources out there that just copy press releases, our news sites or stuff like that. And I don't want to be that here. But what I want to do is, you know, have you go look at this fixture, check out this light and just see what it can do. And then begin to think how lights like that can add kind of a new subtle layer to your lighting and and just kind of help you brainstorm and, and think of ways to use more subtle things in your lighting to help improve your design, to help make things more dynamic, to help make things more interesting as you work in whatever context you work in, whether that's, you know, lighting a band, a DJ, the church world, we all have our challenges. We all have different things that we deal with, but we're always all, you know, in every context. I'm always looking for new and different ways that, you know, I can and, and you can, um, you know, really create new, and interesting design. And so I think these little twinkle LEDs, they're they're pretty cool, and it's kind of a cool concept. Something definitely to look at if in the future you're looking for a wash fixture. Um, you know, just definitely check out that Razer Seven Sixty. So. Let's dive into our main segment. As I started off the show, I wanted to talk today with a little bit more in-depth about lighting for video, because two episodes ago, on our last content uh, main segment episode, I talked about getting your color temperature consistent, getting good color quality, and uh, looking at your histogram to get things exposed right on the camera. So that's really good, and that's really helpful knowledge if you're looking at one place on the stage, but if you've worked with lighting, you'll probably notice as you begin to work with multiple fixtures to be able to wash a whole stage with light, then as someone moves across the stage, oftentimes in a, in, you know, a lighting design, oftentimes in a church or a club or a DJ set, as someone walks across that stage, you see a lot of variation. And in person, when you see, you know, brighter spots and darker spots and places where, you know, maybe the light comes from a bit of a different angle and it, it just changes the way things look. You know, in person, we can often ignore that or kind of get used to it and our, our eyes can kind of fix that for us. But when you add in the camera, the camera is not that forgiving. In fact, when it comes to lighting, the camera is the least forgiving instrument that you can look at your lighting with. So you really got to step it up a notch if you want it to look good. And that's why I want to introduce you to my friend Stan. So Stan is not somebody I've ever met, but Stanley McCandless was um, a theater educator, I believe. And in the 1930s, I think, he wrote a book about lighting the stage, which has, you know, become the McCandless method which he pioneered, has become the really popular way to light a stage um, for music. It's the it's real, or not for music, it's been the really popular, like, what am I saying? It's been the really popular way to light the stage for theater, okay? And we often see it in other worlds. So what does McCandless say? Well, he says, take two lights for any given acting area on Stage and I'm kind of paraphrasing this. Okay, so you've got an acting area on stage an area that two lights from the front Are going to light up. Okay, so you take that acting area. Maybe it's eight feet. Maybe it's ten feet Usually it's around there and you want to take one light Off of center 45 degrees to the left and one light off center 45 degrees to the right and Then you want to go ahead and you want to put a light blue piece of colored gel In one of the fixtures and a light pink in the other and then he says you know this is kind of or maybe a light orange um depends on your show then he says you know if you mix these two together at full it'll look like the middle of the day if you just do the blue it'll look a little more night like if you do just the orange it'll look more sunrisey or sunset and so while that bit the bit with the colors and the mixing doesn't really apply outside of a theater, in my mind, what does really apply, um, especially with LEDs and stuff these days, what does apply is this concept of two points of front light, okay, and so I'm going to reference, you know, a lot of things, we have an earlier episode that um, we'll have a link to in the show notes, my fine assistant, will make sure to get that in there, and to an episode where we talk about how to make an even wash for a stage, because that's important here with video. Because when we have our front light, we want to follow what McCandless said, okay? We want to get, for every zone on stage, two lights that are about 45 degrees off of center from that point on stage. So 90 degrees between the two lights horizontally. Then, we also want to go ahead and vertically, we would like... It's going to look best, if you have that light, about 45 degrees to the person's head. And we focus on the person, whoever's going to be on stage, we focus on about head height because that's where most people are looking most of the time and where, you know, you get the most clues from somebody on stage about, you know, what they're feeling, what they're thinking. You know, the face and the head is is kind of the most important part of a person when it comes to communication you know, body language and that stuff matters and we got to light it, but we're going to optimize for the head. And so we want to get those two points of lighting, um, on that person. And then from the backside, we want to get an additional point of lighting from overhead and behind a little bit, if at all possible. So I know we've got an episode in there in the earlier bits of the podcast, and I'll make sure we link to that in the show notes to, uh, Make sure you can get that if you, if you didn't listen already. Then, once we've kind of got across our stage, our different areas of light, we then want to go ahead and think about the transitions between them, okay? So you may have, say you've got an 8-foot acting area on your stage that you're lighting for, and you go ahead and have three of those. Say it's a 24-foot stage, three eight-foot acting areas across that stage. So now you've got two transition points between different acting areas on your stage, right? Side to side. So if you take a light, say you take an ellipsoidal or a spotlight, and you point, you know, two spotlights at that center section, two left and two right, and you focus them in independently, real nice, nice sharp edge, you know, everything looks good, As somebody walks across that stage, there's going to be some really obvious transition points. So especially when we're lighting for a video, though it makes people look good uh, just to the human eye as well, we want to make sure we're taking care of these transitions. So we want to soften or use some diffusion gel like a Roscoe 119 gel, um, which is a product that photographers and stage people put in front of lights to help soften it. Or just a softer source like, you know, maybe a Fresnel light. Um, you can catch a podcast episode earlier on about what are all these different types of lights. And uh, one of them is about wash lights. And we'll make sure to link to that in the show notes as well. But, you know, there's, there's different ways to soften your light. But especially when you're working with a video if at all possible, you want to be able to soften that light to ease the transition points so that there's a soft edge, you know, to your two lights and between your different zones. And then you're able to go ahead and have those kind of soft points overlap and make it nice and smooth and even. Now, depending on the type of light you use, you may not be able to get it perfect. And so, you know, there may be a little bit of shading from the video crew that that comes in but but as lighting people you know our job is really if you can at all possible make the lighting as even as possible because even when the video department is there doing what's called shading and they're they're paying attention to the video and adjusting the camera's iris and other other functions as you walk across the stage even if they do that it still doesn't look as good as if the lighting was real even so we want to make sure we get even then The other type of balance that we want to focus on when we're working with video on our stage is we want to focus on the balance of different elements on our stage. Well, what do I mean by that? So you may have your front light, okay? And say it's at 80 foot candles. That's a measurement of the amount of light. And you may have a light meter. You may not. It doesn't matter. But you may have a light meter, and it's at about 80-foot candles, okay? That's where I was actually taught when I was learning lighting, hey, for the camera, make it 80-foot candles. To tell you the truth, today's cameras, a lot of them can deal with a lot less light. Some need more. Occasionally, you'll run into somebody who wants you to light it a whole lot brighter, and you got to go with it. But, you know, so you've got your front light at 80-foot candles. You've got your back light around the same place, or maybe a little bit brighter. And then you go ahead, maybe you've got a backdrop behind your stage, okay? And you've got some LED lights on it. You bring them up at full and, and put them into a deep blue, okay? Then you go look at it on the camera. And chances are, it looks really terrible. And you look at it in person, you look at it through the camera, you look at it in person, you look at it through the camera, and you say, why does this look so terrible on the camera if it looks okay in person? And the answer is that our eyes are really good at dealing with two things. They're really good at dealing with um, variations in brightness and, and just dealing with it and making it fine. And I talked about this in the last episode a bit. And they're also really good at dealing with deeply saturated colors, okay? Not all cameras, even really nice ones, can deal with a deeply saturated color and see it the way our eye does. So... The last point that I have here on kind of our quick tutorial through video lighting is that you really got to go ahead and not only to your eye, but on the camera, you've got to optimize the brightness of your different lights so that it looks good on the camera. And so this kind of brings us back where we were before, where I'm going to tell you here that inside of Learn Stage Lighting Labs, There's a full action plan called Lighting for Video that goes into more detail with everything we've talked about and gives examples too, so you can see visually what I'm talking about. So definitely check out Learn Stage Lighting Labs if you haven't yet. We've got a link in the show notes where you can learn more about that. And then, um, you know, this is where it really comes down to, like we talked about last time. You've got to optimize the look of the stage either at the end of the day, it's either gonna be more optimized for video Or more optimized for the room and it can be a little bit of a sliding scale right you know you you don't have to go all the way in one direction or another but chances are you know most of the time you're gonna have to make some compromises either compromise on the video recording a little bit or compromise on the room a little bit and so this is where it becomes something you got to talk about with you know whoever's in charge of the production you're with do you go ahead and you know maybe the video recording is really just for, you know, maybe an overflow room with a couple, you know, just a few people in it, and maybe it's for an archival recording that's not going to get watched a lot. Well, if that's the case, then you're probably going to lean more towards optimizing toward the live side, but you'll look at the video, you'll pay attention to it, and you'll make it look, you know, pretty decent. Then, you can go ahead, and um, the other thing you can do is... You could maybe have a situation where, you know, you're doing something in a live room. There's a few hundred people there, but then there's thousands or millions of people that are either going to watch live on video or watch the video recording. Well, in that case, you're probably going to lean more towards, you know, optimizing things for the video and just make sure the room is good enough to get by, right? Because the experience in the room has to be decent for the audience reaction, but It doesn't have to be perfect, whereas the video is going to go out to everybody, you know, tons more people. And so you'll want to optimize for that. So you really got to figure out, you know, in your specific circumstance, what makes more sense to optimize for and then do that. And sometimes I know this is tough, which is why I'm telling you this, that from the get go, when you're working with cameras, you got to get there with whoever's in charge of you. And figure out the answers to these questions. You know, like what's more important to optimize for? Because it's going to affect every adjustment you make while you're working on lighting that show. And and I do shows, you know, I do shows that are optimized both ways. There's not, it's not like there's one right answer. Like I said before, each individual show is different. Sometimes I light a show where in the room is more important. Sometimes I light a show where they say, you know what? We're going to sacrifice the in-room experience a little bit because we want to make sure that the experience for the people on video is the best. And so that's really important to take care of. Awesome. Now, in closing, I want to thank you guys for listening today. If you are new here or maybe you've been here for a little while and you liked what you heard today, let me know in iTunes. Go to LearnStageLightning.com slash iTunes. And you can click through to iTunes or Stitcher if you're on Android and give the show a rating and review. Just let people know real quick, just a couple sentences. Hey, I learned this from the show and it helped me. Or, you know, this guy could be a little better, but four stars anyways. Whatever you want to write, I want to hear from you. I want to get that feedback so I can know what to do in this podcast and how to make it better. Awesome. Next week, guys, I'm going to be answering your questions again. So I bring those in through learnstagelighting.com contact. There's a contact form there. And I also occasionally email out the folks who get my emails. And I tell you guys, I ask for your questions. And uh, right now, let me tell you, I've got quite a backlog there. So next week, we'll be answering those questions. So if you've been waiting for your question to be answered, um, if I didn't get to it last week, we'll be definitely doing that next week. And I don't want you to miss out on it. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And I will see you guys next week. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting podcast. Be sure to visit us at LearnStageLighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. I'll see you guys on the site. Thanks.